Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Hopefully some of you got good rain and good rain, meaning not flash flooding type rain. For this week, when the rain started, what, Monday night, maybe? I got five and three quarter inches of rain through this morning. Uh, That's a little more than I'd like to get in that short period of time, but I'm not gonna complain. Some of it ran off by property slopes um, west to east, and some of it undoubtedly ran off, but it was spread out over the week in such a way that much of it soaked in deep, exactly what I wanted, exactly what I wanted. My plants look amazing. They're really greening up. I have plants that were kind of pale, weren't very green, and now they're, they're almost glowing. And that's great. That looks so good. Now, there was a little bit of a problem. I've gotten so much rain now, I'm a little concerned that some of the plants are going to start to turn yellow. And my pear tree, when it gets too much water, the leaves tend to turn black, not fire blight black. They stay supple, they kind of turn black and they'll fall off, no big deal. Doesn't bother the tree. But it is unnerving because if the leaves on your tree start to um, turn black, you really need to take a look at them. Go out there and are they still supple? If they're crunchy, You need to pay attention. That could be fire blight. And you can control fire blight by cutting it out as soon as you get it. The minute you notice the fire blight starting to cause the branch tips and leaves to turn black and crunchy, and a lot of the branches will start to form like a shepherd's hook. They'll form a J. That is a sign of fire blight. And you can cut it out with clean tools and you wanna cut into good wood. You know, if there is a black line on the uh, branch, you wanna cut below that. You wanna cut into, uh, you wanna cut into good wood. Fire blight's a bear. It is more prevalent in the spring because the blossom tends to be the vector point for it to attack your plant. So if the leaf is black and it's still real supple, it isn't crunchy, the branches are still bendable, it's probably just a water issue. It's not at all unusual for pears to do that. So I'm expecting, I'm expecting 
um, some yellowing because there's been so much water. Not at all a problem. And you're probably going to see it get really bad, a lot of yellowing, when we get this cold blast. So Sunday will be a reasonable day and some rain. Sunday to Monday morning, 40 degrees. And Monday, we may not get out of the 40s for a high. What does that mean? Two things. If you're trying to continue your tomatoes, you're going to need to cover them. If they have fruit on them, and you check and your local temperatures are such that you are not going to frost or freeze, you can leave the fruit on there. It should not fall off. But if you're going to freeze, if you're going to get a frost, and that may be possible those days, depending on where you are out in the hill country, go out there Sunday when it's still warm. And I only say this for your convenience, not for the plant. And pick your tomatoes. They'll be green as grass, and that's okay. Bring them in. Dry them off. Put them in a paper bag. Not in the fridge. Just in a paper bag. Check them every day or two. If one starts to rot, you want to get it out of the bag as quick as possible. But you will see they'll start to turn red. Now, it'll take them a little time, but they will redden up and you will have perfectly red tomatoes here soon. It may be your last harvest of them because of the weather, but you don't want to waste any of it, right? So you can do what you can to still get your harvest. Now, this weather... The second part of it is, it's going to be so cool. I mean, we're having some cool temperatures. This is is fall. It's going to be so cool that plants are going to need very little water. I didn't say zero. They're just not going to need as much water to keep them happy and healthy. And with all this rain you're probably going to see plants where the leaves are going to yellow up. Don't worry about it. It would be nice if they didn't, but it is not going to be a big issue. And there's not a lot you can do about it because there's so much moisture in the soil and the plant doesn't need it. It's not like you can go out there with a sponge or a towel or something and mop up the extra water. Don't panic about it. As a matter of fact, we should enjoy the temperatures. It's going to be truly lovely weather when it's this cold. Jacket, hat, oh, it'll be football weather. 
Now, um, when I talk about the fire blight, pears, apples, roses, loquats, these are plants that can get fire blight. There are resistant varieties of pears that are not so susceptible to fire blight. Roses can be trimmed up usually pretty quickly, so they're at lower risk. Same with loquats, same with some of the other plants. But you need to understand the disease. You need to recognize it because the easiest way to get rid of it is to remove it from the plant. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Now, um, let's go to the phone. Oh, maybe not. Okay, there was a question as to whether or not it's a good time to plant pecan trees right now. Yes and no. Yes, if you have uh, a source, if you have a pecan tree that is for this area, you could plant it now. Yes, if you have good, deep soil. Seriously, if you can dig down three feet, and actually the tree would probably be happier if you could get three and a half feet, then you can plant a pecan. They are a deep-rooted plant, and they really need to get a start that way. They really need to be nice, deep, soft soil to get started in. Now, pecans are grafted, and one rule about grafted plants is you never bury the graft. So if you purchase a pecan, they're usually in a bag. And you open the bag and you brush off the sawdust and you find out the roots only, you know, 12 inches long, maybe it's 18 inches long. Why in the heck would you have to dig a hole that deep? Well, it just helps the tree get established. It helps it put out lots of roots to get a grip on the ground and to make that beautiful structure you see. The problem is you're gonna wait many years for it to produce a pecan. Five years is not at all unusual to wait to find out that it's producing pecans for you. Frustrating, isn't it? Well, 
That's how long pecans take. Some take longer than that. So if you're going to plant a pecan, you need to be patient. Let's go to the phone. This is Camille. Camille, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff. I wanted to ask you what to do about my fig tree. It didn't produce at all last year. I cut it way back about two or three, maybe three years ago, because I made the mistake of listening to someone that wasn't local on online about cutting back your fig tree. And I cut it way back to only maybe about uh, five feet tall. And then we went through the freeze, of course, maybe a year later. And it did, it did produce after I cut it back. But now it's gotten to where it didn't produce at all this last summer, and even though it had leaves on it, and now it's gotten to where it's real, um, uh, what's the word, leggy. It has leaves. It has like uh, three or four or five feet of like just stems, and then it has leaves at the top of that, and then it has below that new branches with leaves, but the center of it is just sort of bare. So should I... Should I prune it to cut it back, you know, or should I leave it alone or fertilize it, or what should I do with it? Figs are produced on new wood. So the more new branches you get, the more places for figs to form. Should you prune it? That's Gosh, that's such a tough call, Camille. I have had figs do that. Wow, I got this big, tall spike, but it didn't produce any figs because there are no new branches coming off there. If you wanted to try to encourage it, wait till all of the leaves have fallen off. That's probably not going to be much longer. So that you know that it's dormant. Take the really tall spikes that are growing up and cut off the tips at the top. That should encourage new side growth, new stems coming along the side, and that's where figs will form. We've had plenty of water. That's not gonna be a problem. Do you need to fertilize it? Wouldn't hurt at all, ever, to put a, a layer of compost over the roots, an inch worth, if that much. And like I said, when dormant, when you're sure all the leaves have fallen off, you can try topping those really tall branches to encourage more side shoots, which will be more figs. Okay. Okay. Just, Just the tip. So maybe I'm cutting like six inches off the top. Or less. You really only need to remove the tip, which could be as little as, you know, two inches. But you won't hurt it if you were to take six inches off. And um, actually, if you wanted to, you could cut those six inches, take the cuttings, let them dry out so that the end you cut isn't sappy anymore. And you could dip them in some rooting hormone and start your own fig trees. Okay. All right. And and just the leg, well, the leggy parts that are three, four, five feet long, will they ever get leaves on them again? Yeah. If you cut that tip, it's called apical dominance. 
The tip controls everything. Boom, it's going to be tall. When you remove it, it gives all of the side shoots an opportunity to go, hey, it's our turn. And you will start to see it forming uh, branches up and down that big, long piece. Okay, now, great. they will have your figs on them, so that's one way you can do it. Just make sure you might wait till after this cold blast. That'll pretty much knock the fig into uh, dormancy. Okay. Got it. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. I sure do appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for the call, Camille. Yeah, folks. Um, figs are produced on new wood. That's why figs tend to have all these little branches all the time. Can you cut the fig back as much as Camille did? You know, cut it in half. He had a 10-foot fig, and you cut it back, so now it's only five. Yes, but you've cut so much back, unless it replaces all those cuttings with new good tip wood, you're not going to get any figs off it, off it that year. You can delay it by a bunch. But if you cut just the tip of those super long water spouts, you can get them to put on uh, branches on the sides of the stem, and those branches can uh, support figs. Figs are industrial here. You get them going, they can do really, really well and be heavily productive. There are very few pests that bother a fig tree, and they are a lot more drought tolerant than people will give you credit for. I never supplemental watered my fig tree. I lost it because of the freeze, not because of the heat, not because of a lack of water. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming to the bottom of the hour. I need to take a break. I'll catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Matt. Matt, what can I help you with? Good morning. Uh, just wondered if, is it good enough time to prune pecan trees or should I wait till all the leaves fall off? You know, I would rather wait till it goes dormant, all the leaves have fallen off, and that's not far from here. I mean, yeah. we're going to have cold at levels that the tree's probably going to go, yeah, no, I'm done, and Good. it should go dormant for you. Okay. But um, I, I think you can wait. Okay. I've got a tip for people on a fall garden. They might find helpful. Um a large round container like you sell at a farm feed supply store, like a water tank, you know, they're about 10 feet mm -hmm. across and, and, a, and a three feet deep. You get one of those things, but your soil, you could get, you could put a raised bed soil in it about two feet and you can plant your carrots or uh, broccoli or anything like that, spinach. You can plant it in there. Rabbits can't get to it. And the beauty of it mm. being round is, 
is you could put the old-fashioned plastic round sprinkler right in the middle, and it'll water the whole thing. I have that set up with a timer on it, so I don't have to go out to the farm like every other day or two. Uh, it'll water it automatically for a certain term of time, but the rabbits can't get it, and I love that soil, and stick that something in full sun, and you could use it forever till the until the tank runs out, which is a long time. The same way with the soil. Anyway, just, just for information. Not a bad idea, Matt, because it took me a long time to overcome the rabbits in my garden. Um, yeah, they, they, they get in there, and I've had that situation, put some transplants out, and I've got my garden fence now, and so far they haven't attacked it, but that's a foolproof way that uh, above-ground uh, you could use a, one of those whiskey barrels for a small scale operation like that, but but I use a about a ten foot across metal, which is actually a, a stock water tank, and fill it about half full with soil and circular sprinkler in the middle, and uh, grew some beautiful carrots because real soft soil and they can go deep and oh yeah just a just a thought okay good luck thanks for the call Matt and that is a good idea folks. If you grow in a big container like that, the container can be tall enough that you keep a lot of the pests out. Now, a squirrel's never going to be deterred by a three-foot wall, but rabbits will be. Rabbits will be, and they can be quite destructive. Their cuteness does not save them when they're chewing on your garden. Let's go to the phone. This is Camille. What can I help you with? Camille, you there? No. It's gone. Gone for the day. Okay. Okay. Thanks for the call. Um... Someone sent me a question. Bring in your hibiscus. If you have a native hibiscus, okay, it's probably going to be fine in this weather. If you have a tropical hibiscus, how do you know? One, if you got it at Home Depot or the other store with blue jackets. Those are tropicals in most cases. Number two, odd colors. Yellow and orange are probably tropical hibiscus. What does that mean? That means they won't be able to handle a freeze. And you will need to move them if, if it's going to freeze, bring them in the garage or something if you want to keep them going. So I don't know, depends on where you live as to how cold it's going to get. Now I saw a map for the Monday morning that showed parts of the hill country may get to 30. And that'll be too cold for the hibiscus. They'll freeze back. That'll be way too cold for your tomatoes. So if you want to keep them going, if you want to keep trying to get more tomatoes, 
you'll have to cover it. So be prepared for this weather. Do not be surprised if after this cold blast and with the amount of rain we've gotten and there's more rain coming, if you don't see some yellowing of the plant leaves, that is not a bad thing. Let's go to the phone. This is Larry. Larry, what can I help you with? If I put on a couple of bags of corn gluten, and the first bag, everything was fine. Second bag, when I opened it, I did have a little bit of an odor, but I didn't think much about it. I went ahead and spread it, but it won't even dissolve uh, in this heavy rain. And the squirrels only did I get a, <laughs> a, a bad bag of corn gluten? Now, one bag was fine. It was great. But the second bag, it didn't work very well. What did I do wrong? I don't think it's you. It's possible you got a bag that had gotten wet huh. and dried out and, and caked and became, you know, that clump that you had. Huh. It won't hurt the yard. Uh, it'll totally entertain the squirrels because they'll eat it but it won't hurt anything. It will wind up breaking down. Unfortunately, you're not getting your money's worth of purchasing it for the purpose of getting rid of the weed seeds, but it will still provide some fertilizer right. to your turf. Hmm. Um, you probably did nothing wrong. And from now on, if you go to get a bag of it, squeeze the bag. Like you're squeezing Charmin. Um, okay. It should be loose. It should, you know, feel like you can flow out of the bag. You can shake it. If it clumps, you may have a problem. Hmm. Okay. Well, I appreciate your help. Thanks for the call, Larry. Yeah, folks. If you had a bag of corn gluten and it got moisture in it, and the corn gluten got wet. You may never know it did. You may not see it at all. But as it dries out, <clears throat> it's going to clump all of that material to each other. And it can be quite hard. It won't flow very nicely out of the bag. It'll be hard to distribute. And when it hits the ground, you're going to have these chunks that aren't doing any help for you. So... Before you pick up the bag, before you purchase the bag, shake it. See if everything inside, if it's good and loose. If it isn't, if it's got hard lumps in it, probably want to pick a different bag. Just to make sure you get all of your money for the price of the corn gluten. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Dale, I see you there. I need to take a quick break. If you can hang on, I'll catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back. 
Let's go to the phone. This is Scott. Scott, what can I help you with? Morning. You were talking about rabbits, which caught my attention because I have a colony of armadillos. Uh, I'm sorry. I know that's not funny, but yeah, they uh, they can be real bugger boos about uh, tearing up a yard. That's true. What can I help you with? Uh, just how to be able to address them in the same way that you were talking about rabbits. There is a product. It is called Mole Max. M-O-L-E-M-A-X. It's a granular. It's easy to spread. It has an odor that you may not ever notice, but supposedly the armadillos do not like it. It is safe to use. It won't affect the soil, people, pets, etc. But it will work to chase the armadillos away. And a little of it goes a long way. It's not real expensive. And if you put it down, it says on the container that it's good for six months. But this being Texas and the kind of heat we've dealt with, I would say it's probably good for three months for sure. But I have had many people contact me and tell me that that worked for them, that that actually got the armadillos to stay away from the area that they made a border, made a border of um, the mole map. And it was successful, successful for them. And are you suggesting that they it be done around the perimeter? Um, <clears throat> yes, if you're trying to protect something, if you have a garden, if you have a flower bed that they're really getting into, you can use that to keep them away from that area. Would you use that around an entire perimeter of a property or just around the particular plants that you wanted to spare? You could probably use it around the entire perimeter, but because it's going to be the outer border, you're probably going to want to use a wider band of the material than you would if you were just doing it around a single garden bed. But yes, you could use it around the entire edge of the property. Thank you. Appreciate your help. Yeah, good luck. Um, they can be real annoying, but um, you can get control over them. And uh, I'm assuming that if we did that and then extend it to a neighbor, because I have a feeling if I put it around my, my perimeter, they'll go next door. That's always the problem when you use a barrier to protect things. Um, yeah, 
they'll they'll go, wow, we don't like this place anymore. Hey, look over here. We can go over there and cause problems. So you may want to have a conversation with them. Got it. Thank you so much. You bet. Good luck. Bye. Uh, let's, go, let's go to the phone. This is Bill. What can I help you with? <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Hey, enjoy your show. Um, I've got a situation um, on my property where I've got some salt cedar. And uh, mm. I, I have some friends that say they got to be pulled out. I was thinking of just cutting them, cutting them down. But they do they come back up or what, what's the good yep. way to, to get rid of them? Pull them out. The sooner okay. you get to them, they're smaller trees then, and they're easier to remove. Because these but are about five pulling feet. Pulling them out high. is the answer. Excuse me. They're about five feet high, so how difficult are they to pull out? Well, they got a pretty healthy root. They will be difficult to pull out. After a rain like this, that's not a bad time to try to pull them out. Okay. If you let them go any longer, they're just going to get bigger. <laughs> okay. Now... There is a, I have a tree puller and it's called a puller bear, P-U-L-L-E-R-B-E-A-R. They're made in Canada. They're very effective and I have pulled out two and three inch diameter trunks from the ground with this tool, including Hackberry, which had like a 20-foot root that came up with it. It is work. I don't deny it. But if after a rain you go out there, you will be surprised at how easy they will come up. That is really the only way to remove them. So do you, do you put this pull bear uh, behind your truck and pull them out or no, it's a hand-operated. Now, oh, okay. you don't happen to have a skid loader or tractor or anything like that, do you? No, I don't. Okay. They make a device that will pull out a tree like the puller bear does, only you can connect it to a tractor, a skid loader, etc., so that you get lots of leverage. <clears throat> but if you don't have one of those devices, they're not a lot of help. Okay. All right. I appreciate your uh, information. Thank you, Jeff. I wish I had a better answer for you, but they are a bear. They're yeah, non-native, and they really want to get rid of them, but they're too hard to get rid of at the moment. All right, thank you. Thanks for the call. Yeah, folks, um, there are pullers that you can get by hand, and you'd be amazed. They provide leverage and lift out the trunk. Is it easy? Not the easiest thing in the world. Is it effective? Without a doubt. 
without a doubt. I'll be going on a tree-pulling crusade here in a couple of days because the soil is so wet. The unwanted trees like the hackberries will come right up. I actually have a problem right now with a lot of elm coming up out of everywhere. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Uh, coming up on the top of the hour, we're going to break for the news. I will um, catch you on the other side. 